Ed, my name is Justin, and uh, congratulations, those of you that are here, those of you that are watching online, uh, you are here for, this is actually the last service of Faithy in 2023. So you can say, hey, I was at the very last service offered here. So very excited that you guys are here. Like I said, my name is Justin. I am the high school pastor here at Faith E. And I am a little new to the team here, new to staff, new to Billings. And I thought I would take this time just for a few minutes to give you a little uh, update, a little synopsis on kind of who I am and, and my family and, and what we love and, and why we're here even. So I got a few pictures uh, just to show you uh, some of my family. This is my lovely wife, Cassie. Uh, this is about seven years ago. This is actually the day I asked her to marry me. Uh, she said yes, so that was good. Um, but yeah, we've been married for about six and a half years. Uh, it's been an incredible marriage. We've had so much fun and, and our marriage one of the things that brought us together was just our love for adventure. So here's another picture of us visiting uh, Yosemite in California, adventuring, and, and eventually our adventure changed from long road trips to children and family, and that changes things up a little bit. So here's a picture of us, our little adventure vehicle, and our oldest son, Tom. Uh, he's going to be about three years old in just a couple days, actually. So I've got one more photo of him. That's our awesome dog, Pepper. So we like to say we have three kids total, or two kids total, but we say we have three because we have that black lab right there. She's as much energy as both our kids. <laughs> and here's our newest addition to the family. Uh, he is an actual Montana local because he was born here in Billings, uh, Benjamin, and he is going to be three months tomorrow. So it is fair to say um, we are in a really crazy season of life right now. If you've had kids, you know that three-year-old phase is so much fun and so easy. Uh, that's a joke. Uh, we're learning. <laughs> it's not, and it's hard, and it's crazy, and we've kind of laughed because this year we did, they say you're not supposed to do more than one big life change in a year, and we did a lot. We, we moved from our hometown, from Bend, Oregon, uh, which I grew up in my entire life, we had a child here, we started a new job here, we have a new place we're living, and so we did all of these things, and I thought how ironic that I get to share a little bit of my story with you today on a day where we are all thinking about change, where we're all thinking about New Year's Eve and, and what 2024 is going to be like, and some of you here are probably thinking, I cannot wait tomorrow to say 2024 because this year has been difficult and hard. Some of you are just excited about starting something new. If you're a goal setter like me, a planner like me, it feels, it feels great to kind of say, all right, let's wipe the slate clean and start fresh. But wherever you're at, this time of year kind of has us ask this question in the back of our mind, like what's, what's next? Right? What's next for my health? What's next for my financial goals? What's next for my family? What's next for health and fitness, but I want to ask you that question this morning, but much more important than some of the goals we might be setting today and for the new year. And here's the question, is what does God have planned next for you? What does God have in store for you next? And I'll be honest, as, as I'm preparing our message the last few weeks, it, it kind of dawned on me, it's been a while since I've asked God that question. You know, we love setting goals, we love having challenges in life, we like to plan our future and our life, but it's sometimes 
difficult for us to sit down and say, hey, God, what do you actually want next for me? And here's why I love this question is, man, whether you're in elementary school in here or you are retired, (laughs) whether you've been in the faith your whole life and grew up in church or maybe you're just returning for the first time and you're checking this church thing out, that question applies to every single one of us. But we're afraid to ask it for a couple reasons. I think for some of us, we love living a comfortable life. Like I'm, I'm prone to this as well. When, when we get stuff in order and our life finally has a system to it and it works and it's cozy, we get complacent and we stay where we're at. And so to ask God, hey, what's next for me means you might have to be uncomfortable. <laughs> some of us are maybe afraid of what change might look like in our life. I think we could all agree change most of the time is a good thing, but man, it is hard to go through a season of change. So when we ask God what's next, we know that might mean change in our life. Maybe you're nervous about the unknown and and you know, hey, if I ask God what's next, then I don't know if I'll have a clear answer at the moment. Or I might not have a clear direction on where he's taking me. So I want things to be clear. I want to see what's in front of me. Or maybe for some of us, you have asked that question. And you know what's next, but you're afraid to do that thing. You're afraid to take that step of faith. I think all of us struggle with this question because we want to truly deep down get to a point where we can say, I want to know what God's will is and I want it to align with my will. I don't want to just be focused on myself. and I want to figure out truly how to know, is this God's voice or is this my voice? And the hope is, man, by the end of this morning, we have a much clearer grasp on how to live that way. But like I said, all of us can ask that question. There's not one of us in this room here that can say, you know what, I'm good, God. I've got it all figured out. Like my life is perfect. I'm at that point. All of us are sinners. We're a people in process. And so here's, here's the truth of this question. And here's my challenge as we go forward with our message today. Is your walk with God is active, not static. Your relationship with God is meant to be forward moving. You're meant to be taking steps closer to him in whatever way that might look. And I know, I'm a church kid, so I grew up in church my whole life. I know how easy it is to be okay with where I'm at. And, And I'll be honest, sometimes to even use church as a means to say, you know what, I am in God's presence, so I must be doing what God's asking. I would challenge you this morning to say what is God moving you to do what is he pushing you to do and and like I said it's a scary question but it leads us in the direction where God wants us not where we might want us to be so here it is God is calling all of us in this room he's calling you to something new this morning. I'm just going to, I'm going to say that, saying that I believe God's put something on your heart, whether you've known it for a long time or you need to figure out what that is. God's calling you to something new, something amazing, something spectacular, better than what you can come up with. But today we want to talk about what do you plan to do about that? How can you live that out? We might be lost. We might not even know how to carry that out in our own life, but we're going to look at God's word. We're going to look at what his word says because 
I don't know about you guys, but when I try and do things my way, when I try and answer these questions with my own knowledge, my own heart, my own emotions, it doesn't go well for me. So I figured, let's, let's look to God's word. Let's find hope in the truth of what his word offers us. So if you have a Bible with you or a phone or whatever you'd like to use, we're looking at a very short passage this morning, but it's going to give us lots to talk about. And it's found in the book of Psalm, Psalms 119, verse 105. We'll have it up on the screen here as well, but I, I'm a big fan of, hey, having, having that real Bible in your hands, opening to that page and looking at it, because we're going to read a little more later on in this chapter too. The Psalm 119 is one of the longest, it is the longest, I should say, chapter in the Bible. And so we're not going to read through the whole thing. It's over 110, 15 verses, and we'll be here all day if we do that. However, we're going to look at one verse, and this one verse packs a punch. This one verse is something you've probably heard. And as we read this, again, I want you to be thinking about, okay, God, what's next for me? And how can I know and go where you want me to be. So here's how the verse reads. The psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Some of us have heard this, right? You can just nod your head, but yes, I've heard this. Some of you have been in Hobby Lobby and seen it on a nice wooden sign, right? Painted with white text and cursive. And you've seen it in people's house. It's because this is an, it's, it sounds warm and comforting and exciting. But the reality is, this verse is, is more than just a simple, clear-cut, hey, if, if you come to God, he's going to make everything perfect and clear and open for you. It, it's going to be a bit of a journey. If you truly want to know what's next, you're going to have to put some trust in him. So I want to break this verse down, and we're going to do it in kind of two sections this morning. So this first part, your word is a lamp to my feet. Some really obvious things we see here, right? We see that God's word is light. His word is a lamp. And we just, if you've been at Faithy the last month, building up to Christmas, we were talking all about light. We were talking about how important it is that we recognize in a dark, dark world that we have been given hope and light because of Jesus and what he has done for us. And so we see here that, okay, even before Jesus arrives on the face of the earth, the psalmist knows, God, your word, what you say, what you do, who you send— it is truth and it is light. It's hope in my life. It's also not just about a relationship with a distant God, right? God doesn't say, hey, trust me even though you can't see me or know me. He says, my word is your light. You, you have a tangible way, a physical way to get to know God, to understand him, and to make clear the path he has for you. It's also clear that we are still living in a dark world. Right, this passage doesn't say just stay on the path. It says you're clearly in the dark. You're on a journey and there is evil and there is sin in the world that wants to pull you away from where God would have you go. So you need a source of light. You need a source of direction. But here's where it gets a little tricky. Is the author, the, the psalmist says, your word is a lamp to my feet. I don't know if many of you have stopped to think about that before, but um, 
I believe out here Montana has a good outdoor culture. We're starting to pick up on that. We love that. We're very excited about that. And uh, me and my wife are excited to go camping here in the summer when, you know, we have the ability to go out and our family's ready for that. But in the past, we've always been campers and we have a little bin at home. Maybe you have this too, where you have all your camp gear because you know you'll forget it. You know, you, you forget the lighter or whatever that is. And so we throw all of our stuff in this bin and we keep lights in there because you need light when you're camping. And we have two types of lights. We have, a, we have a lamp or a lantern, and we have flashlights and headlights. And our lamp is really used for one purpose. It's just to see what's around our, our little table at night. If we're eating outside or we want to play games, it helps us see just what's kind of in those few couple feet around us. But if we want to go somewhere, <clears throat> if we need to get out of the tent and go do something or go find something or walk around in the dark, we're not going to use the lamp. We're going to use our flashlight, right? Because what's the flashlight do? It gives you a way farther distance to see what's in front of you. It's hard to walk around with a lamp. It's, it's hard to figure out what's in front of you because you almost can't. And even though I know back then we didn't have flashlights, right? So we'll give the author a little credit here. He, he, he didn't have that knowledge. But what he does say is your lamp, regardless, it is a light to your what? To your feet. So... When we put our trust in God, when we say, God, your word is my direction, my hope, my light, in a way we're saying, God, I recognize that as you guide me, it might be step by step. Which wouldn't it be nice if God says, hey, here's a big spotlight, here's where I want to send you, you can see everything that's in front of you. It it doesn't always work that easy. I think of um, the story of Abraham. If if you're unfamiliar with his story, it's early on in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible where God comes to Abraham and and gives him this amazing promise and tells Abraham, you know what I'm going to do with you? I'm going to use your family to be my people. Your offspring are going to cover the earth and they're going to be my people. Abraham's about 70 or 75 at this point when God comes to him with this promise. And you know what happens? Next year, Him and his wife, Sarah, wait for their child and nothing. (laughs) The next year goes by, still no children, no kids. Ten years go by, nothing. And it's not until Abraham is 99 that God says, okay, now it's time for this next step. Now it's time for me to reveal to you. I want you to trust me year by year, day by day, minute by minute. And even after that, what does God tell Abraham to do with his son? He says, all right, now that your son's here, it's time to get to work. No, you're going to take him up to a mountain and offer him as a sacrifice to me. Can you imagine how hard that would have been for Abraham to say, all right, God, step by step. I don't know what we're doing. I know you've made this promise to me. I know where you want me to go. So the only way I can get there is step by step with a lamp type faith. You saw just a minute ago, <clears throat> me and my family, we love the outdoors, we love adventure, so we're, we're loving our time here so far, and uh, I, I kind of got the bug a long time ago, right out of high school, just to be outside, to explore, to climb, and there was a season in my life where uh, I was just kind of in a dark place and, and questioning God. This was out of high school, a couple of years, and just, I really was asking the same question we're asking this morning. God, what's next? I don't, I don't know what you have for me. Uh, and so I made a plan. I had a goal to kind of do some soul searching by just myself. 
And so I'd set up this plan to go hike a mountain in central Oregon. Uh, it's called South Sister. I've, I got a picture of it here for you guys. This is kind of near the base of the mountain. Uh, and so my goal here was, okay, I want to get to the top, but I want to get to the top at sunrise. I want to see the sun come up from the top of that mountain. And I'd done this once or twice, and so my plan was I'll stay right about where I'm at. I'm going to camp at this lake, and I had it, I had it all laid out all organized. I had a whole plan and a system and I said, all right, if I wake up at this time, this should give me plenty of time to get to the top of the mountain, but this required me (laughs) to wake up in the middle of the night and walk around in the dark, which is kind of freaky when you're by yourself. Let's Let's be honest. So I wake up, my alarm goes off right when it's supposed to, and I have my bag ready to go, my small little bag to get up, food, water, check, everything I need ready. I go to turn my headlamp on, and can you guess what happened? (laughs) Dead. No batteries. I didn't plan for that. (laughs) And I remember in that moment, I thought, I was freaked out, and then I almost immediately felt like, well, I'll just give up and quit right here. (laughs) Who's going to step out of their tent into the middle of the night and try to climb a mountain with no source of light, no source of direction? And so it dawned on me, well, I don't have any source of light. The only source I actually have is my little phone flashlight. I had enough juice in my phone to get through the rest of the trip. I knew I'd be fine. So I had to contemplate. I had to sit there and think, man, I, I can stay where I'm at or I can go take a step by step by step of faith into the dark to get to my goal. And you know what? There was, for a moment, I felt like, it's kind of nice and cozy in this tent. <laughs> I'm warm in my sleeping bag. It's cold out there. No one's going to, this story, like I, I have the choice to make this choice by myself. I, there's no pressure right now. I could just stay where I'm at. And so obviously this would be a really bad example if I was like, so I did and I never went, right? That, bad story. <laughs> but as you can probably guess, I did. I worked up the courage. I said, okay, I'm going to make this happen. And I remember how scary it was, truthfully, to step out into a dark, cold abyss out of my tent. And it was almost immediately, as I walk out and take that first step, I look up and there's no moon that night and just stars everywhere. And I was like, okay, there's, there's hope. There's some light. This, this is the right, this feels like the right step. And I wanted to know, I wanted to see the path in front of me, but I knew this is going to be a step-by-step type of journey to get to where I want to be. And I think that's where God likes us to be with him a lot of the time. Say, I'm going to bring you to the point of where you are so desperate and you are wanting so bad to see what's next, but I'm going to just make you look at me versus anything else. You're going to use my lamp and my light to guide you. In essence... The journey isn't always clear, but our guide and our goal always are. And we can have hope in that. What I mean is your walk with God, your relationship with God, you know that's clear. You've, if you've put your faith in God, you know he promises a relationship with you. And you know someday you get to be with him in eternity. You know, especially after this passage, that his word is your guide. But how he gets you to where he wants is not always clear. So as we ask God this question, God, what's next? We have to understand that he's going to reveal it to us sometimes little by little and be okay with that. So the problem 
the issue is some of you know this already. You're like, this is a past, this is a sermon I've heard. I know, I know what's being said. I know to put my faith in God. But I will tell you what you also know, which is how easy it is to get off God's path. Of how easy it is to know, all right, you know what? Um, God, I trust you. I put my faith in you. I know where you want to go. But how I get there, I will maybe take a little more control of that. <laughs> and maybe I'll line you up with my vision down the road. Which is why the second half of Psalm gives us a little direction here. All right, this passage doesn't say your word's a lamp to my feet, so good luck. <laughs> it says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when I, when I read that, when I see that after studying this, here's what I know. Two really simple things. One, a path is meant to be walked on. Okay, if you didn't know that, that's the goal of a path, right? There's a destination that it's taking you to. And so if you are on a path, you should be doing something. You should be moving somewhere. You shouldn't be staying in your tent, staying in what's cozy. You should be challenging yourself if we're going to use God's word the way he intends us to. You don't stand still, but a path is also meant to be stayed on. In fact, some of us probably have some great stories of getting off of a path and adding hours to a trip or to an expedition or trying to take a shortcut and not use maps on your phone and say, I think I know the right way to go. Some of us are really good at getting off the path. We try to take shortcuts. We try to take the matter into our own hand. And I can tell you this from experience, and I'm still learning this, but it doesn't work well when we veer off God's path. But we're tempted in so many ways to do that. I, I just look at the world and how the world operates and how many times we are, people attempt to convince us to say this is actually a much better choice. This is actually going to bring you happiness. This is actually going to make you feel better. And God says, no, no, no. I know my path is hard. I know my way is difficult. But my way brings you true hope. It brings you true mercy. It brings you true happiness. So as we ask God this question, God, what's next for me? And maybe even as he reveals it, what path are you going to take? What path are you on even right now? Are you focusing on God and his will for you? Or are you focusing on what you want and then saying, okay, I'm going to try to connect that to your path, God? doesn't work well, I can tell you that. In fact, I remember as I was stepping out of my tent and walking through the dark and headed towards the top of this mountain, I started to get really comfortable with where I was going. I'd done this once or twice before and I uh, started to feel really good about where I was headed and I knew the way this mountain worked is there's a, a little false summit, like a little ridge. You head for that, it's a cruel way of a mountain saying you think you're to the top and then you get there and you got more work to do. But I knew it was coming and I knew where that ridge was. And so at some point the path just, it kind of zigzagged. And when you're going uphill, that's pretty natural. So I said, you know what? I know where I'm going now. I've got this figured out. I'm just going to head for that point right up there. I'm going to take matters into my own hand. I feel like I know what to do from here. I've got it figured out now. I took that one step, but I'll do the rest on my own. And as I get over the ridge, the sun's starting to poke up a little bit on the other side. And to my surprise, which shouldn't have been, I'm way off to where I should be. 
Right? I could look over and see, oh my gosh, I'm about 10, 15 minutes off course from where the path is. There's the real path to get to the top. And at that point, you know what I wasn't able to do was keep going my way because my way was going to cut me short. I had to go back. I had to realign. I had to recognize I'd made a mistake and I had to swallow my pride and say, okay, I've got to make up for lost time. And man, you know how often this happens with us and God? I always think how, how God looks at us and I, I just picture him wanting to just keep, we're trying to veer off the path and he just keeps picking us up. He's like, nope, get back, get back. <laughs> We don't learn. But the psalmist here says, if you want to know where God is taking you, if you want to align your will with his, stay on his path. No matter what temptation comes your way, stay on his path. Proverbs 16, 9 says, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their step. I'll be honest with you. When we work to stay on God's path, it's not easy. So I don't want us to leave today thinking, all right, you know, we, we learned or we were reminded of how important it is to trust God and stay on his path. So once I do that, it's easy. It's like, no, not at all. When I got back on that path, it was hard to get to the top. It was difficult. But you know what happened I got a few pictures of you for, for you to, to see here. here. Here's what the top of this journey looked like for me. I made it just in time, as you could see, to see the sun come up. It was so hard. I had to work so hard to get back to where I started. And I got to have views like this. There's one other photo that just kind of shows you, man, how, how rewarding it was to push through and stay on the right path, even though I wanted to do things my way. And I can tell you if I did things my way, I would not have been able to have that experience. And it's the same thing with God. But it's not easy. The rest of this section of Psalm 119 actually gives us a really good explanation of why and encourages us on how we can continue to stay with God. It says this, I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. And here it is. They are the joy of my heart, and my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. No matter what happens, the psalmist says, when obstacles show up, when the world tries to tempt me, I'm staying with you, God. And I got to tell you, obstacles are going to come up. You're going to put your trust in God. God's going to make clear to you what he has next, and you're going to fall off the path. You're going to have to get back on. You're going to take a corner that you think you know where you're going, and God's going to say, actually, I've got something different planned for you. You have to be ready for obstacles, but you also have to want to be there. <laughs> you have to want to be on the path. I remember um, my, my brother-in-law did a similar thing at one point when he asked my sister to, to marry him. He took a bunch of buddies on a hike, and they were from a, a, a kind of a bigger city. I'll never remember. Like, they were all so excited at the beginning of the hike. It's like, this is going to be easy. This is going to be fun. And then an hour in, we're walking up the hike, and all I hear is like, 
huffs and puffs and every corner we turn around, big, long sighs. Like they didn't want to be there. So you have to want what God wants. And if you try to take your wants and align them with his, let me just tell you, you can't force God onto your path. You have to humbly submit to his. You gotta want to be there. And here's how we do this. Here's kind of the summary of Psalm 119, almost the whole chapter. Here's how we say, okay, God, I want to align my will with yours. It's really simple, but of course it's really hard to live out. You have to faithfully follow God's word. You have to trust him over yourself. Whatever that is, whatever God's putting on your heart, it might seem impossible, it might seem out of your comfort zone. You have to say, okay, God, I'm going to faithfully follow your word over my own. So, man, when God puts on your heart to say it's time to go have that conversation with your family member, your coworker about Christ, and you say, I, I don't know what to do, faithfully follow God's word. When God says, hey, it's time for you to make a change, it's time for you to deal with this addiction, with this struggle, with this sin that just takes over your life, but you are so scared and don't think you can do it, guess what? Faithfully follow God's word. When God puts it on your heart to say, it's time for you to change trajectories, right? To, to move your family, to take a new job, whatever that is. It could be something big, it could be something small. Whatever it is, faithfully follow God's word. And here's the best part, is when we do that, what he has in store for us is so much better than what we think is going to be good for us. The journey's hard, but we know from this verse, we know it's a path, we know it's a destination. So we got to faithfully follow God and his word. So let me go back to the beginning and ask you kind of the question we started off with, which is what does God have planned next for you? I've kept this kind of vague this morning and, and really the reason why is because I don't know I can't sit here and tell you. I'll give you some examples and some ideas, but that's for you and God to figure out. But you now know, if you didn't before, or you have been reminded that as you ask that question, as you even start this new year off, you know that your plans need to align with God's. And the only way to do that is to faithfully follow his word. So what does God have planned next for you? Some of you here maybe are not, I don't have an understanding or a relationship with God. But you have family who do or you're here because you were here on Christmas Eve and you're just really curious about what that might look like. You know what the next step could be for you is saying, all right, God, this is a scary big first step, but I want to commit to you. I want to put my faith in you. I want to be on a path that leads to the best place ever, which is a relationship with you and eternal life. Some of you, we talked about this at the beginning of service, some of you maybe have put your faith in God but have yet to be baptized and, and maybe God's saying, you know what, it's time to not just claim it but to show it to the world. That's really what baptism is about. You say, I want to tell everybody I put my faith in God. Some of you it might be serving in a ministry and I've heard it said so many times like this is not my gifting or I don't have the time. You know what God says? He says, hey, if I'm putting it on your heart, remember step by step, trust me. For some of you, this could be an area of stress and anxiety when it comes to money and finances. And God is saying, you know, 
I know it's been a rough couple of years, but it's time to begin to trust me again and to give back and to trust me with your money, to trust me with your possessions. I don't know what God has in store for you, but you are hopefully hearing me say this really clearly this morning, faithfully follow his word. So I want to leave you with a couple things to think about, and I want to leave you with some really tangible things to do, because especially if you're new to faith, or even if you aren't, it can be difficult to figure out, how do I do this? How do I just, do I just read this from cover to cover and call it good? What does this look like? Well, I want to give you a couple steps, a couple things you can do, and these are in your bulletin, actually. So I kind of laid this out into four categories, but how you faithfully follow God's word. The first thing I would encourage you to do (laughs) is get a Bible and open it. So if you don't have one, man, find one. We've got them in the seats in front of you and you can, you can take those home with you if you don't have one. But open God's word, read his word, spend time with him in his word. Maybe some of you are new to the faith and you don't know where to start. It's a big book, it's a scary book. I'd say, hey, open up the Gospel of John. Learn about Jesus, learn about what he did, learn about the person who makes our faith what it is. Some of you um, maybe like the idea of a devotional, right? A, a commitment to saying, hey, every day this year I want to commit to reading. I've got a couple in here. There's so many out there, but Timothy Keller was just an incredible scholar and author and wise man of God's word. And so he has a couple of devotionals, one through the book of Psalms and one through the book of Proverbs. These are great resources. You can come find me after if you want to look through these. I'm a big technology guy too, so you have your phone as actually you can use your phone as a positive thing. You can start a plan on your phone. You can use the Version Bible app and find a plan that works best for you and your schedule. I love being creative in how I approach God's word. And so I use um, some of these books every now and then when I just want to read and visualize God's word. But these are from a company called Alabaster Co. And they essentially take a book of the Bible and they make it visual. They help you as you read God's word just have a better idea of what this could look like. My point is, find a way to open God's word and read it. The second thing is studying your Bible. It's, it's one thing to read, it's another to study. And I think a great starting place is journaling. So if you are not a journaler, I would highly encourage you to set time aside to go get a journal. And when you read, to then just simply write down, hey God, here's some questions I have. Here's how this is impacting me right now. Join a Bible study or be involved in a ministry here. Faithy has so many opportunities with men's groups, women's groups, small groups that are all focused on studying the Bible with one another because you can't just do this journey on your own. You can find plenty of these resources on our website, but one of the resources we use, and you'll see this in other series throughout the year, is we use an OIA method, observation, interpretation, application. Study God's word and and use methods that help you draw out what scripture means. I think memorizing scripture is huge. It's It's a commitment, but it's so valuable. And maybe you or your family need to pick a verse, a chapter, a book to memorize for the year or every month I use an app called Verses and it it reminds you and gives you creative ways to memorize. I think you guys are seeing what I'm saying here. There's no excuse for us to say, I don't know how to do this. There are so many things we can do to faithfully follow God's word. And you'll see there's other things here too. Fasting, praying. There's an app called Pause that just sets a reminder on your phone to say, hey, maybe you can set this alarm right before you step in the door to your house and just breathe for one minute and just listen to God. 
bring yourself back to scripture and do this for yourself and do this as a family too. I told you all um, before me and my wife moved out here, this was, our, this was our first and biggest move we've ever done. And we asked that question a lot. And, and I will be really honest with you. We've been here for about four months and I remember there's been a couple times, it, it's been a tough season for us. There's been a lot of questioning. There's been a lot of asking God for help. We've wondered at times, okay, was this, was this the right decision? God, we, we're still uncertain. We're, we, we need answers. And, and God revealed them to us in really unique ways. And it kind of dawned on me that God, God put me on this path a long time ago, more than four months ago. And it was because I, I realized, man, I, I took time in those seasons to faithfully follow his word. Back when I was in middle school, I was at a summer camp and God put it on my heart and said, you're going to go into ministry someday. <laughs> and the way he did that was through 1 Timothy 4.12. And he said, don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, but instead set an example to believers in life, love, faith, speech, and impurity. And so through his word, he said, okay, this is the direction. This is where I want you to go. So I finished high school. I got ready to go to college. I tried to align my will with God's, wanted to go to a really cool, expensive Christian college and thought this has to be God's will for me. And then weeks later, financial aid fell through, scholarships fell through, and God shut the door hard. But he continued to guide me through scripture again by reminding me what Psalm 46.10 says, to be still and know that I'm God. Two weeks later, I met my wife. And then a year later, we got married and we started a family and I started to struggle to figure out, okay, God, I'm in ministry and I've, I've got this job, but I don't know what's next. And I'm having such a hard time being a dad and a father and a husband what do I focus on? And he said, Psalm 27, 4, one thing, David says, one thing have I asked the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon his beauty and to inquire in his temple. And I said, oh, God, you want me to just focus on you and want you and not get ahead of the game. The point is, as we faithfully follow God's word. If we are true and genuine in how we approach it, if we let his word be everything to us, he will guide us along the way. I'll read one last passage and we're gonna end with communion today, but Philippians 3.12, we're gonna go through this book in a few, and about a month and a half here at Faithy. But Paul says this, he says, not that I have already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do is forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you one more time, and then we're gonna pray and do communion. How are you gonna stay on the right path in 2024? What does God have next for you? And will you faithfully follow his word through that journey, through that next season of life? We're gonna do communion in just a moment. I'm gonna pray for us and kind of lead us in that. But you'll find the elements in front of you. You can grab those now. If you're watching online, you can get those elements ready as well. But before we do, I just wanna spend some time in prayer. We're gonna have a little music playing and I want us to reflect 
Because in my mind, I think what better way to end the year and to refocus by focusing on the entire reason we put our faith in God is because of what his son did for us. So you can keep the elements nearby. I'll lead us in just a moment. But I want us to pray and just listen to God's voice for a few minutes as we conclude our time together. But will you bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you make things clear for us and you make us trust you. God, I'm sure there are some of us in this room that are in a dark, dark season of life and don't know what's next and it is so frustrating and every day is a challenge. God, can we hear the words, can we see the light that we see in Psalm 119 that you provide direction, you provide comfort, you give us purpose. We just need to stay on this path as hard as it may be. God, I also want to pray, and, and for, for those of you in the room here, even right now, that feel like, I think I know what that next step is. I don't know God entirely, but I want to know him. I want a relationship with him. You want to be on that path. You want to start that journey. You want to feel that hope. I want to just give you a chance right here, right now, to actually take that next step before the new year even takes place to say, God, I'm ready to make that change. If that's you, I want to just pray this prayer for you. And you, I would ask that you pray it, not out loud, but just in your own heart. But take this next step. Feel what it feels like to put your faith in something that doesn't waver. If that's you, you can pray this. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm on the wrong path. I want to let you be the new God in my life instead of myself. Jesus, I come to you for forgiveness and ask that you would pour out your mercy and grace over me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could be in a relationship with you. So Jesus, I invite you into my heart right here, right now. And Jesus, I commit to do everything I can to stay on your path and put my faith in you for the rest of us eyes closed all of us in this room as we get ready to take communion can you take a moment just to reflect on what God did for you by sending his son Jesus to die on the cross so that you could have a clear direction you could have hope in your life and that your sinful path that you have tried to take on your own would be forgiven Let's just take a moment and soak in what our Heavenly Father did for us through His Son. nearby want to remind us why we do this 
We see in scripture the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed got together with his disciples and he took two elements. The first was bread. We have both together here. He took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said to his disciples, this is my body that will be broken and battered and beaten on the cross for you. Take this bread and remember me. You can do so now and take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. We have our cup here with us. and He took his cup and said, this cup is the new covenant and my blood. You have a clear direction. You will know who to follow and you will have hope in your life. And when you take this, do this in remembrance of me. So he took the cup. Will you take the cup with me? Let's close in prayer one last time. Heavenly Father, you are good to us when we are selfish. You are good to us when we are lost. You are our guide, and we want to continually follow your will. So as we faithfully, faithfully follow your word, give us strength, give us direction, give us people, and ultimately let us use your word as light in our life to guide us to where you would have us be next. Thank you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.